Hello and welcome. My name is Kushal Shah and I'm here with my friend and co-host Ayush Pranav. You are listening to Nails and Hammers, a podcast where we talk to people about their journeys and understand how they take decisions and solve different problems. Our guest for today is Bharat Sundaresan, who is a cricket writer at Cricbus. We talk about what got Bharat into cricket journalism, how he observes cricketers and writes his articles, his interactions with Patrick Patterson, and finally we talk about his book on the Indian legend MS Dhoni. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, and it's time to listen and learn. Hi Bharat, uh, welcome to the Nails and Hammers podcast. Hello, thank you, thanks. I, I mean, so, I'm sure so, every guest of yours has asked you why it's called Nails and Hammers, so I won't uh, bother you too much about it, even though I am curious. I mean, we need to share a bit about it. So, 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 so what we think is that like every problem is like a nail, right? And to solve different problems, you need different hammers. So, if you if you mm. just have one hammer, and if you think like an engineer, then you know, so you'll you'll think of everything in terms of problem solving. But if you think of of what what an author, what a writer would look at things, maybe you can develop a different mental model. So, so that's the whole purpose behind nails and hammers. Very deep here. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, um, when, when you think nails and hammers, people just think, uh, yeah, the final nail and the final hammer. So <laughs> maybe that that that's also plays a part in it as well, I'm sure. So, so uh, I want to start from the very beginning. Can you share a bit with us about where did you grow up and where all did you study? Oh, yeah. So... I mean, I grew up in Bombay. I'm, uh, I was born in Ghatkopar. I'm very proud to be from Ghatkopar. In fact, when people ask me now, um, you know, they call you NRI and all, I always tell them, no, 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 I'm, I'll always be an NRG. Um, like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I, my name is Bharat, which is what another name for India in a way. But Ghatkopar yeah. is like, it's always closest to my heart. Um, so my mother tongue is Tamil, though nobody except my mother believes that I speak good Tamil. I'm very proud of it, but nobody, uh, unfortunately, no... Tamil person thinks I know Tamil, yep. uh, which I don't buy into. And so I try singing songs and all to them, but yeah, I can't win them over. Not yet. Uh, and yeah, I grew up in, um, like I said, in Ghatkopar. I went to school uh, not too far from there, a school called Fatima High School. And uh, then I did my junior college in Sain, like a good South Indian should at the South Indian Education Society. And then um, I dabbled a little bit with engineering uh, uh, like, you know, very close to home. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was literally my childhood. But again, uh, cricket was a big, like, you know, like with a lot of people, it played a big role in my life. I played cricket, but not to any significant level, the usual. Like, I, So my school did not have cricket. So it was a convent mm-hmm. school, which had only football. Funnily enough, they introduced cricket the year after I like passed out for some reason. That That was my, that was my interest in cricket. But of course, uh, I had an elder brother who uh, now lives in the U.S. in uh, near near Washington D.C. He's been there for many years. So he was this crazy cricket fan in the sense, like he went beyond just watching and playing, and like he knew a lot about. And this is back when there was no internet. But I don't know how he picked up all these things. He always knew a lot more than most other people. So that's where that interest to go beyond that cricket like really came into my life. But I, my parents were uh, very very good with. Uh, cricket and me, they let me like bunk school all the time. I would bunk school and go to uh, like watch test matches all five days. Uh, and they never had an issue with that. So uh, that really helped. Like, you know, and I was never stopped from staying up late to watch cricket or... Yeah, we was very crazy about cricket, even though we had other interests. 
uh, it was just like, yeah. Now when I think about it, it was yeah a bit too much cricket back then. I think yeah. Maybe that's where the seeds of this yeah. in journalism are there. But again, at no point right, did I right. consider cricket journalism and all that. So, so how did the whole journal? I mean, how did you caught into the whole journalism space? Uh, well, uh, it's an interesting story. I, I, so I during that early 2000 phase when I just like you know just before I graduated and all that, uh, that's where I started growing my hair. I dabbled in with uh, a lot of heavy metal music. I used to have this silly band, like, you know, we played in colleges and stuff. We were never too good, yeah, but we yeah. were okay. We got a couple of good reviews here and there. So I used to be the vocalist first. Yeah. Uh, we used to cover what, like Megadeth and Iron Maiden and like all sorts oh, wow. of thrash metal stuff, yeah. Slayer and all that. And then, uh, then this guy in my band said, no, no, like, you know, we need to be like Megadeth. So I, my, and I couldn't play the guitar. So like, you know, my vocalist role was gone. So just randomly, I picked up the drums. Like it helped that I grew up in a South Indian family, which was heavily into music, classical music. So I right. learned a lot of instruments as a child. So I learned the tabla, the violin and all. So the tabla helped me with the drums. So um, long story short, so like along with the, uh, along with heavy metal music came a lot of lifestyle choices, which uh, maybe now looking back, I overdid without getting yeah. into details. And uh, yeah, so I did kind of lose my way in life. I would, I'm very like honest enough to say, but, uh, and cricket journalism just happened by chance, man. Like it, someone just said, uh, uh, like, you know, this, uh, uh, like, you know, my parents were worried about me because my brother had already gone off to the US. I was in my, uh, like what, 2021, not doing much in life. So, um, and like, like I said, uh, making a lot of bad choices. So they just like, they just got a little worried and someone suggested cricket journalism. Like your son has so much interest in cricket. And like, you know, I dabbled in a little bit of writing here and there for like, you know, I didn't never considered myself a writer. Never, ever. So it just right. someone suggested there's this Asian college of journalism in Chennai. Why don't you like, you know, send your son there. And like, they were more than happy to just get rid of me for a year. And <laughs> I was also more than happy to just uh, leave that space I was in. Like, you know, hide space, just like yeah. where I was yeah. life give Bombay a break and like, you know, give myself a second chance in life. That's really how I thought about it. And yeah, I mean, that second chance is still like continuing. Like yeah, that, that happened in 2007. I went there. I mean, it was uh, it's quite an interesting journey getting into it. Um, mm -hmm. Never planned it. Never really thought about it. Indian Express was just something I picked purely because I right. liked the guy who came and interviewed us. I had no, I'm like, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I had no idea who used to write for the Indian Express. I knew Harsha Bogle used to have a column in there, which I used to read on and off, but again, not like very invested in it. Um, and like, yeah, I didn't know Indian Express is a good paper. Times of India is a paper, like, you know, where I might not get too many opportunities. I knew nothing like that. I just right, said, right. I'll go with the flow. And like, yeah, like I said, I'm still going with the flow. And then how old were you when you graduated? Uh, so all this is happening around 21, 22. So I finished my journalism. So I went to this ACJ when I was 22. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, uh, whatever, I don't know the you pass out of there, whatever. I got the certificate when I was yeah. just around 20. And I joined the Express. I remember exactly a week or I became a, officially a journalist a week after I turned uh, 23. So this is in 2008. Right. You remember your first interview? Oh, very good question. Like, and you'll be very, very surprised when I tell you the name of the person I interviewed first, because uh, I love talking about it. So this was my second day at the job. So the first day I go in, and this is when the first ever IPL was coming to an end. Like this is May 15th of okay. 2000. So my boss and all were very busy, like 
you know, preparing for the final and all. So I remember we used to have like uh, six or seven people on the desk. So the senior guy called Peter Pierce, who is now in Canada, he just sent me on a chess assignment, like to Goregaon from my office. And I had no idea, like, you know, I mean, I knew how to play chess, but a little bit here and there, but I had no idea how to cover chess. And this is again, like an in- important lesson I tell to a lot of people who just look at you covering test matches and say, Mujhe bhi tera jaisa banna hai. but I mean, A, you don't really want to like live my life, honestly. <laughs> like I would not advise that on anyone, at least what I was doing then. Uh, but also it's not like just, you just jump and like, you know, next day you're covering test cricket. It's like you do everything. Like, you know, it depends a lot on right time, right place, who you're working for, who your boss is, a lot of things. So I covered chess. So I didn't interview anyone there because I got so confused. Like there were a lot of people playing chess. So the next day they sent me to um, MHA stadium, the hockey stadium. Uh, there was, I very vividly remember Dhanraj Pillai tournament or something like that. And okay. guess chief guest of that, um, and that was the opening day. And there was a chief guest there. And the first person I interviewed was Jackie Shroff. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, <laughs> people know me as like some cricket writer now, but I did like a fair job. I asked him about his interest in hockey and all that. Like he told me stuff like, yeah. So my office was quite not impressed. <laughs> they were just like, well, I, didn't he want to be a sports journalist? Like, why is he interviewing Jack <laughs> on his first day? So he was my first interview. Who would have thought? Okay. All my initial stories had, there were very few cricket stories. So I did, uh, covered a lot of local basketball, uh, call it destiny. I had a knack of finding these people who had like this story where like people had, like the underdog, right? Mm-hmm. I remember hey, the, hey. Inter- the second or third story was this, uh, basketball referee who like had like gone like you know kind of lost his way in life and his family had like kind of uh, given up on him or something like that so I wrote a story on him and three days later he called me and he like you know he was in tears he was like oh aapke is, like someone read your story and like my uh, this passed it on to my mother and like we were patched up and all that I was like wow that's pretty cool like yeah I didn't know journalists could do that for all the bad blood we get in India, but like, yeah, so, you know, so those were seriously my first few stories and um, yeah, that's, that's literally how I began my career. And then when you interview, like, you know, this, I mean, a lot of people that you admire. So how do you take the fanboy out of Bharat when writing something? You know what? It's a personality thing. Like, uh, I think I'm just naturally not overawed by anyone or anything or uh, like, I was never a f- Fanboy, like I don't know why. Like I, really, I'll tell you, the only time I've ever gotten emotional or overawed by seeing someone like a celebrity, and I'm not trying to be cool here. It is seriously the fact. Is in 2007 when Iron Maiden came to India for the first time. Like you know, it was yeah. the first. So they played at Palace Gardens in Bangalore, and it was like so a bunch of us, like you know, all guys with long hair, black T-shirt, guys and girls. We got into this train. Like it was amazing. There were like four compartments filled of like these. Uh, black shirted, long haired men, like smoking and drinking and playing guitar. And it was an amazing train journey. And I'll never forget the pantry car, like, you know, guy who was working in the pantry came up to me and he asked me, Saab, aap koi shadi mein ja rahe ho kya? Like, I was like, Kon aise shadi mein kon ja? <laughs> so anyway, but like when we reached that place and uh, it was a long day, it was a whole warm day, it was like February or March. We were there in the heat for a long time and like around 7.30 that evening, Nico McBrain, the drummer, just appeared on stage from nowhere. And I'm not kidding. I've seen grown, I saw grown men cry. Like, you know, I wasn't crying, but I was also like, you had like goosebumps and they didn't leave till. And and that's the greatness of Iron Maiden as well. Sorry, I'm digressing, but because they are such a great uh, stage show band. They always have. 
that is the only time I've really been like over because I grew up as this mad West Indies fan. Like you know, West Indian yeah. cricket was everything for me. Uh, I mean, I really did not care about Indian cricket and all. Like, I won't get into the details, but there were long. I've written about this as well in the past. My parents actually, my mother had to force my dad to buy a new second TV at home so that I because I used to get beaten up by my brother at times by my father because I would support West Indies against India. I would celebrate whenever Sachin got out. Uh, oh, I would like uh, like you know celebrate uh, Lara boundary. I in fact went to the Wankhede in '94, carrying uh, to the India West Indies Test match. Uh, I didn't know again. Like this cousin knew about my West Indian love, so he made this poster for me, which was never allowed inside Wankhede. The security guard threw it away oh. because it said uh, Lara Kiladi Sachin Anadi. Because I think that's around oh. the time the movie had gone. <laughs> so yeah, I think I was nine or ten. I would have been lynched maybe. Like I think yeah. he was protecting me. So I was that kind of. So as a result, like you know, no, I was never. I don't know, overawed by Indian cricket. I guess like my ex boss. Sandeep Devedi, who was one of the best sports editors the world has ever seen, had told me this very, very early on. I mean, again, uh, he, he was telling someone else this, not me. So I overheard this. He was like, you know, if you want to be a successful cricket journalist in India, be a fan of cricket, never a cricketer. And which I, I truly yeah. believe in. Because I'll tell you, the reality is, my reality is not hanging out with Virat Kohli or MS Dhoni. My reality, and I would tell myself every day when I would drive back from my office in Nariman Point to Ghatkopar. When I would turn into that little gully, like you know, with uh, the like the tiny gully, and I go into my tiny apartment where I grew up, that is my reality. Like you know, my real friend, uh, the my real world is my real friends who I grew up with, and like you know, or my wife, or my mother, or my my genuine friends. Let's let's chat about your writing process uh, a bit. Uh, yeah. So so you so you write a lot about uh, how how cricketers go about practicing in nets. You what do you usually observe when 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 you follow them in the nets and do you chat with them uh, post the practice session? Um, I mean, look, it it like I, okay, the two separate questions. I'll talk to, like I'll talk about observation. If you want to be a storyteller in life, you have to be observant. Whether you write or you make movies or uh, you you talk about it or if you just tell stories to people, and the reason is often the story, like you know, the overall gist of the story is one thing. But what makes every story special are those like very minute little observations, like those little things that that matter. So I always tell writers like so. Once you're a writer, your brain cannot go to sleep ever. So whatever you're doing, whether you're watching a movie, whether you're just going on on a walk with your dog, or whether you're just driving, you always keep observing because you never know what can what will come handy to you when you're writing. I have this. Uh, I mean, I've developed this habit over the years. Like whenever I hear something interesting, right? Like just randomly, I just say that goes into a copy somewhere. That line mm -hmm. I always say. So that's almost like a trigger for my head. To it might sound very, uh, like cool and all, but it's just like very simple. It's just a trigger for my brain to remember, like, kind of uh, lodge that that thought, like you know, so that uh, I can use it in the future at some point. Like you know mm -hmm. that. So that observation never goes. So while I'm in the nets, I I mean I know people talk a lot about like you know Bharat is in the net. I've always done it, and I always. Look at it this way: like, if you are interested in cars, if you're really, really interested in cars, wouldn't you want to go to the workshop and see how it's made? Like, you know, uh, how it's like uh, built, what goes in where. And the nets is like a cricketer's workshop. I mean, that's where he he or she works on their skill. So, if you see something in the match, I tell a lot of people who do analysis and like, you know, I always tell them. I ask them out on net dates. Like, I'm like, come and stand with me in the nets. Not because I'm going to tell you anything special. Like, what when you 
isn't it your responsibility to see them in action working on their skills and then when they you see them executing it like you know you you can connect it to that like you know obviously like you know i get linked with steve smith a lot the only reason is because steve smith spends that much time in the nets really like yeah so but i've reached a point with steve smith and one thing i realized is all great people right whether whatever their field is like one thing i realized is they'll have one thing that they do uh or there'll, there'll be this repetition that they'll follow with something that they do and now i've watched so much of steve smith that i i tell people like it's almost like a trick thing i'll call i'll say look uh, i won't look at his feet i'll just look at the bowler and i'll tell you where his feet it and they'll be like that and it's seriously like a party trick game it is nothing wow. special it's just because i've observed him and it's more about him than me i'll give you a great example of uh the things that you pick up from the nets so before the ashes began last year i was in birmingham uh, like the australia were having their first big net like you know it was raining outside so they went into the indoor net and all the aussie press was there like everybody was there they were there and they were watching it like you know but like uh, topic talking amongst themselves watching it and then at one point they all said oh man i'm hungry and they all started leaving so i said no no that's fine i'll i like to stay till the end like you know because what if you observe that and the only reason i am observing is i want like uh tomorrow when i write i just want a lot of content ready with me so steve smith like yeah so i stayed back and he finished his net session and they were all packing up and he just walked randomly away and someone just asked him like all good uh, all good smudge and he just looked up and so the viewing area at uh, edgebaston in the indoor nets is like you're you're standing upper and like you know the nets okay. are in and he didn't look at me and say anything he just looked up randomly i was the only one there and he just said better tomorrow better the day after better the day after that yeah those golden like, words yeah i was like poof that's a bloody good intro like you know like yeah and uh, yeah that became my intro and then thankfully he see you can write all that man interesting interesting chasing stories how did the fascination for patrick patterson happen <laughs> oh i mean he, he, see see patrick patterson always stands out as that story that like you know and of course like i really treasure it it's like you know it's a very very special story very close to my heart because of the man also like you know yesterday i called him and i uh, after 3 years of staying in touch with him after being like the only person who uh, he really speaks to uh, i heard him laugh for the first time like you know and because i told him you know what like all these people are like you know saying good things about you like this is a great thing like you know so he was like oh really like i'm so touched and i said like i think just say something i'll just like tweet it like yeah, of course I, he does not know what twitter is it took me like half an hour to explain to him like, how will you put it across to them like how will they know how do they come and tell you all these things so i had to like explain the whole concept of social media to a person who has completely completely unaware but like so but he was just one of the many stories as not just me but most journalists right and it's a very indian journalist thing when you go on a tour you'll most of you like most of us will prepare and go like you know all these uh, i'll try to interview these these players or like i'll try to do these stories most of us do some do it more than the rest so this fascination of going beyond the the usual and finding something i guess it also helped that i worked for a newspaper who encouraged you to do it like you know they would give you the the space and the freedom to do like even though you had to do other right. things so the patrick patterson thing is very like you know so i grew up at a time when he his career or yesterday actually we joked about it he was like wait you were born in 85 he told me this as well he said like so i debuted a year after you like so where did you even see me like i said no no i remember seeing you very briefly 
it was like that that's kind of like your team is what made me fall in love with the west indies and oh. this is like the west indian team that was losing by the way huh? like the right. 91 right. 1991 they already started the downfall had started yeah so like you know so it just stuck with me man like so this guy this i think it has so much to do with the alliterative name as well right patrick patterson and then it had this enigmatic like he was fast he was scary he was like you know so you always heard this throughout your uh, cricket like you know uh, what a cricket watching period and then again when you enter journalism and then when i went to jamaica for the first time i just like you know was curious to find out what happened to him and that's how really the search began and then in 2013 when i went it went to the next level where i managed to find his parents and like they also did not know so that made me even more curious and then in 2017 of course like you know like a crazy chain of events led me to like yeah i just kept i i tell i told gorov as well i met such uh, as much as fascinating as it was to meet patrick patterson and like as emotional as it was but the the range of characters i met like leading up yeah. to him were equally like amazing like you know <laughs> like where do you get all these kind of people like in one sphere like you know in one space it was just like this could be yeah. a this could be be a movie script yeah i don't know seriously seriously yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so so how did you move to australia for places oh so that is completely has a lot to do with my wife so my wife is a special needs teacher and she's in I'm not saying this because she's not even here she's at school by the way so I'm not earning brownie points when I say that she's an extraordinarily special person because I think all special needs teachers are teachers themselves are great but special needs teachers are just like you know they're cut off a completely different cloth like you know they deal with uh kids like I I tweeted recently I said that I've never seen my wife or for that matter matter any special needs teacher look at a child and say oh he or she can't do it they'll always the first thing they'll say is okay i'm going to find a way of getting her to do it or him or her right. to do it and uh, so she was a special needs teacher in bombay for like she worked in two different schools for 6 or 7 years uh, and she was doing really well and and i met her in that journalism college so like you know things oh, kind of okay, like nice. falling into place like, yeah so she tried journalism but she never was interested uh, then she jumped to special needs uh, or like becoming a special educator she did and she did extremely well like extraordinarily well in her career but she never had a degree so and you know how it is in india like if you don't have an academic qualification however good you are at what you do except in journalism but you don't need any degree of you know so uh, like you know as a teacher so she was doing really well but she wanted that degree like you know she wanted to go and study and i came here in Aust- to australia in 2014 15 for the two the philip hughes to the first time i came here uh, and my wife uh just like i was here for two months so the test series and the tri series before the world cup and then she came and joined me here for like a few weeks during her christmas break and like we we roamed around and you know it's just like one of those things she really liked australia and then we just decided okay fine once we went back and uh we'll try to like you know uh, mostly it was to do with her i just wanted her to like <laughs> get a degree overseas and uh like you know i saw her having a bigger scope overseas like you know i don't i shouldn't say i he saw her having a bigger scope <laughs> i am not patting myself on the back here but um uh, yeah that's how it started really speaking of the first time when you came during a 2014 series dhoni ruined your uh, date night with your wife oh man like i'll never forgive him for that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it was not even the first time um so in 2011 um just after the world cup win and all uh, the indian express decided to come up with a book uh, or it, it i don't know what the title was it was basically 
uh, from 2001 to 2011, from the VBS Lakshman Test match to the World Cup win. Uh, right. That book and like a lot of us wrote chapters, like the Express guys, like you know the cricket writers, uh, chapters. And then they decided that Dhoni would write the forward, or Dhoni had to write the forward. And for some reason, uh, I was nominated to be the guy who like chased Dhoni all around the world, convincing him to write the forward. This is back when like there was no real equation. So and for eight or nine months, that's all I did. Like you know, wherever I covered a match. I would finish my report and while everybody, all other journalists will go and like have a drink or have go for a meal, I would rush to the team hotel just to get that two minutes with Dhoni saying, So that went on for a while. And then I remember uh, in 2000, uh, so that same year, 2011, uh, uh, the team was leaving for Australia, Indian team. So the last ODI was in Chennai. So I was there and I remember him, Dhoni and his, uh, why Dhoni didn't play the ODIs, but he was coming to Chennai to go fly out to go to Australia. So he he walked into the hotel lobby, and I was there with my wife because my wife's parents used to live in Chennai at that point, uh, and we had just been engaged, we're not married yet. So she she he walked in, and I just looked at him and I said, "My bye, uh, Isha, my fiance." So he was like, and there were a lot of people there. And he was like, "Yeah, okay." He just like smiled, and then I said, "My fiance here." Wife banegi kine mujhe pata nahi because all I do is like you know chase you looking for like that uh, forward yeah. bloody forward so it's all up hey. to you like you know I remember everybody including Sakshi look at my very funnily okay why is what is this why is this guy accusing you of what is he accusing you of so yeah anyway and then he just laughed it off and went away uh, I wanted to understand uh, what was your reaction when Penguin uh, approached you to write the book right. And uh, how did it happen, right? Is it primarily because you guys share the same hairstyle? Uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, maybe. No, actually, see, his hair quality was never as good as this. Like, come on, guys, come on. <laughs> uh, so, he, like, you know, so the, the way the book happened was Penguin just, uh, so like any other Indian cricket writer, I'd written a lot on Dhoni and like, you know, whatever. Maybe I'd written... Uh, in a series of long like form pieces like at that stage so maybe they read it uh, i have no idea and then there was one piece i wrote about his keeping during the 2016 ipl when i i, I think you guys will remember when he stuck his leg out like uh, that. I yeah remember, like, yeah yeah pythagoras of wicket keeping or something like that so very like scientific piece i wrote about his keeping so they they uh, so radhika marwa who since become a very good friend of mine who i'd never heard of at till that point she approached she sent me a Twitter uh, direct message saying, uh, my name is Radhika, I'm, like, you know, I'm from Penguin, I, we want you to write a book. So my first reaction was, <laughs> like, I never, like, you know, people have yeah. said, you know, like, you anyway, write long form pieces, you should write a book and all that. But I was too lazy and it just seemed like too much work, which it is, uh, uh, like, you know, to, to do, like, and then I never gave it much. Uh, thought like you know, I never thought about it seriously. So when they approached me, my first reaction was like, "Oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, people have been saying I should write a book, but on Dhoni during a year when his movie is going to come out, like, what will I write? Like, in a sense, yeah, that's the thing. That's why you always see a lot of cricket journalists or journalists in like what are you gonna not always be okay with attempting a book." Because our first thought is like, yeah, already itna likh diya hai. And he's still an active cricketer. Or bhi uske upar likhna padega. Yeah, so yeah. how do I differentiate that from what I put in the book? Uh, so it, it's always a challenge. So that was my first thought. And she came to Bombay and uh, 
I was very reluctant. Like you know, I met her, but I was like, oh no no, like I know what can I write? I I don't want to write biography. I was like you know, I was in full defensive mode. I was like, नहीं चाहिए नहीं मैंने लिख सकता हूँ. I don't have anything to write. But like full credit to her, she kept pushing me, and she said, that, okay fine fine fine. If you had to write it, write a book on him. What would it be about? I said like I gave full like I fund us. Oh, I'll like maybe unravel his enigma. Basically, I was trying to like show her off. I was <laughs> like, I said, कुछ बोलूँगा तो Like very like intangible, mm-hmm. very abstract. Right, right, so right. She thinks that चले काम का नहीं है. Like we came here like उसका कहानी लिखेगा ऐसा कुछ unravel करना है. That was seriously yeah. my first thought. But she actually really liked the idea. And then she's like, oh, that's a very that's a very book. So will you please write a book proposal and like you know we'll get it done. So if, so I did write the book proposal. Like my uh, then colleague and dear friend Sri Ram Mira said like just do it man. Like what do you have to lose? Like yeah. So like the Bharat Sundaresan of 2020 would have not even given it a thought because right now I believe you should just say yes to everything. Like you know who knows? Uh-huh. Like you know just like uh, give it a shot. Like you know back right, then right, just, right. I don't know for whatever reason yeah. I wasn't so comfortable. Yeah, the reason I chose to write about <laughs> start the book with the hair was I just thought I wanted to develop that connect with again right like I keep going back to the same my logic of writing. It is. It is almost like painting a picture. Like you know, it's almost right. like showing a movie to someone uh, through words. Like you guys might laugh at me, but I am still a very big fan of pro wrestling. You know, I not oh. like I don't watch much of it these days, but I mm-hmm. I've, I've been fascinated by the business of it. Like you know how it works and the storytelling component. Like you know how they drag. Right. The, right. You can call the the wrestling part of it fake or whatever, but yeah. the. Storytelling component, like I have always been fascinated by. You remember your first interaction with Dhoni when you met him the first time? Yeah, I mean, my first interaction would have been. Oh, I mean, again, I'm not like one of those journalists. I don't remember so much about like you know how many matches I've covered. Like you know, there are a right, lot. Right, right. Okay, there's no right or wrong to it, but like yeah, uh, the first time I saw him as a journalist was of course that press conference I told you before the India England ODI. Yeah. Maybe yeah. interaction would have been. Yeah, it would have been some silly interaction somewhere, man. I'm sure it was 2000, uh, maybe that same year. I, the next time, yeah. whenever I come to an international match, again, I think we connected, kind of, again, connected in the sense not like he's my friend or like I've gone out for a meal with him, but it just yeah. randomly like we would bump into each other and he would always smile and like say something, like you know. So or I would say something and he was always he's always been amused by me. This yeah. is how I describe our relationship. There's nothing more than that. It's not like he respects me, likes me, nothing like that. He's always been amused by me. I always say something ridiculous to him, like, or he'll say something like ridiculous to me from the beginning. And then that, like, that whole 2011 period when I was following for the book is when, like, for the forward for the book is when we really like got on. Like, you know, in the sense, like, I would keep complaining to him, like, "Kya yar, main aaj khara bhi nahi khaya yar. Kuch to bolo na yar." Like, see, this was not for my own book, right? So this right. is like this had given me this duty, and he would yeah. just laugh and say something silly and go away. So and Dhoni th- 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 would never say no. He doesn't say no. That's the biggest problem. Yeah. Dekhte hai, he'll say like, "Dekhte hai," or he'll say that. <laughs> उटरी <laughs> 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 
they get to hear a lot about me no 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 it's 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 yeah i mean but see that's that's again right it goes back to the point of uh that's that's how it'll always be because we are always writing about celebrities right we are always writing about and it's it's really it's it's been a great learning not just by living in australia when you travel right the the cultures are so different like here in fact like if you are if a cricketer or any sports person treats himself as a celebrity they have something called the tall poppy syndrome in australia they don't like people like that they like people like the aaron finches like who are very grounded who they can relate to like you know who they right. who's like ah he's just a mate ah he's just a bloke like us that those are the kind of people they relate to but then in india it's completely different like in fact if there is there someone who's very relatable people are like no but i'm i want to live vicariously through him right i want to so you will always be asked about like other people it's just something you like you said it's like being asked for tickets right <laughs> like for ipl matches which i've never got unfortunately for anyone it's something it's a it's just uh, how do how do you call it it just comes comes with the job let's 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 move to the final segment uh, we first put together a few rapid fire questions so whatever comes to your mind first go yeah, for yeah, it yeah 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 uh so uh, top 3 uncapped players you're looking forward to uh, in the season of ipl oh god tough question man <laughs> like <laughs> I was, before i get started i went through the ipl squads recently like you know and because yeah. i haven't covered domestic indian cricket for two years some names i was like prince balwan singh like i mean that who is that like i've never heard that name so i'm really looking forward to seeing prince balwan singh just for the name uh, <laughs> okay. uh, i i want to see what uh, i was speaking to a colleague who's writing a piece on devdat padikal and yeah, yeah. i really was like you guys should read the story once it's out yeah. because it's a very non it's a very un- non classical indian story it's not like uh, paisa neta kuch neta and like, it's not a rags to riches underdog story if it anything it's the other way yeah. around uh who else um uh, well i am in australia so i have to take an australian name as well i think uh, josh philippe everybody here seems to be raving about him yeah so Uh, even though i am an alex carey man being like south australian and all like go oh. redbacks uh, yeah. but like yeah <laughs> i think josh philippe could be one i'm sure i'm missing out on some extraordinary names a few upcoming journalists that we should look at yeah i don't want to answer that question i, I don't know like see there is, <laughs> it's a very i think everybody is right now I, okay i'll put it this way i won't be like boring <laughs> so see without being biased i think we have a couple of guys in cricket buzz who are really really good kaushik rangarajan is a like because his understanding of not just cricket but just the industry i think is really great i mean he's not that young he's like 5 years younger than me but he's he's okay. still like an up, up and coming guy like watch out for him uh but see but that's the thing right these days there are so many like non traditional uh mediums for journalism that any story can pop up anywhere and like you know it it like it it reads good and uh it tells me a lot about that writer so i'll just tell you this put it this way i'm being extremely uh useless with this question but <laughs> I, I, what i look for in good writing is if any writer whoever it is if he can take me to that spot right if he can like you know i wrote uh, shashank kishor i know really well his recent piece piece on km asif it was so good because i could completely picture that scene happening in front of my eyes right. and those right. are the pieces that really stand out for me but again there are such yeah. amazing young boys and girls like you know writing on sport got it got it couple of couple of bouncers coming your way so okay. amazoni or uh, patrick patterson uh i think patrick patterson yeah 
Definitely Patrick Patterson. Yeah. See, the story was one thing, man. But what I, the joy I derive from just knowing him is, because I'll tell you guys something. Like there are some days when he calls me and he's in a very, very bad spot. Like he is, he almost asks me to tell him why he shouldn't give up on life. And I'm no psychologist. I am no psychiatrist. I have no experience in this. I just love to talk. But I spend half an hour just telling him something. Like, you know, just telling him. And it's not like I tell him, oh, you were so great. You did this. You did that. Nothing. It's just like, yeah, that's fine. But tell me why. Why I shouldn't like, like, no, why should I leave, live anymore? And mm-hmm. I spent 20, 25 minutes telling him why he should. Like, you know, like yeah. he's just a person. And that conversation will end with, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. You make a point. I'll continue living. And that brings me more pleasure than people saying, oh man, Bharat, you wrote this piece. It was so good. Like, you know, yeah, that's great. Like that's professional joy, but that's why Patterson will always be more special to me because I thought I could bring the, what change have I brought in Dhoni's life, man? (laughs) I mean, I'm sure some joy here, but like, no, I'm just saying that's why it matters more to me. Bharat, as a drummer or a writer. Drummer, any day, man. Oof, I miss being on the like, yeah, oh, I cannot tell you. Like, I played like only uh, a few gigs, like, you know, we weren't very famous and all. But that yeah. thrill to get like, oh man, first, like before drummer, when I was the vocalist and first show, there was a mosh pit. Ah, man, nothing can, no, no story, no, like, you know, you can call, say whatever, World Cup final, yeah, whatever, you were there, you just, <laughs> yeah, great, but nothing yeah. can, nothing yeah. can ever, like, you know, that's why I love the camera even now. Like to put a camera in yeah. front of my face, I don't mind the camera. I talk, I do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, performing. I I love performing. So IPL or BBL? Uh, I, IPL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched. I haven't covered too much of the Big Bash League. Uh, I watched mm-hmm. one game of the Big Bash League. Actually, I watched only one game from the ground. Like it was as a fan, not a fan. Sorry, bought a ticket and sat in the stand just to understand. This is like two years ago last year and it taught me a lot like you know uh, i was telling someone the other day as well uh why the bbl has never taken off like i and i got it like by spending like half an hour there and i was like shit i got it this is because australia yeah. cannot consume sport as anything but sport ipl yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know but i think what the ipl has done to cricket cricketers yeah. uh Cricket journalists is like you can't even like yeah. start to think about it. It's a uh, it's just something else. Like it is just in so many ways. Without the IPL, I don't know how cricket would have survived in this pandemic. And just following right. up to that, right. Australian cricket or Indian cricket? Uh, well, that's a tough one. Like, see, Indian cricket made me like I am like I'm I'm a very loyal person. I am Indian. Like you know, I am Indian. I grew up in yeah. India. Yes, I live in Australia. I enjoy covering Australian cricket. It's a very different challenge. It's very different. But like, you know, it's like when I was told I have to go and cover the Indian tour of New Zealand, I was excited because I'd never been to New Zealand. But like, you know, there is something, some that link that you have with your own people, with your own team, right? Or not your own team. Like, you know, I am here because I covered Indian cricket. Asha Bogle or Adam Collins? Oh, God. That's not a fair comparison, even I would say. <laughs> so, yeah. So we have like very different equations, like Kolo and I and Arsha and I. Like it's it's very different. Like the yeah. one thing we do share in common, like uh, neither of them take me seriously. So I can say whatever <laughs> I want both. Like yeah, <laughs> and they don't get like too upset about it. Uh-huh. 
Dhoni as a CSK captain or India captain? India captain. Like, I think, yeah, definitely as India, India captain. captain. I mean, he's done great things with CSK and all that. But it's been like a, a very similar format that he's followed over the years. I mean, some of the things he's done, done with the Indian team are just like, you know, because also, again, he's gotten to Captain Indian 3 very different formats in like, so, like in tournaments, yeah. bilateral series. Like, so of course, he's been, he's been able to like show off his like captaincy skills a lot more in with India because it's just like right, so much right. more right, right to right, right, uh, right. whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, only yeah. a CSC captain. I mean, he is restricted to just one league. One format. One format, one that same 14 matches and plus like whatever. So yeah. It, one last question. Uh, so India is touring Australia. Uh, what's your prediction for the next series, the test match specifically? First of all, I don't even know where it's going to happen. <laughs> like, you know, it's just uh, right now, even this afternoon, there's been some doubts about either is it Brisbane? Is it Adelaide? Will India come? Will India go? It's all up in the air. But if right. that series ha- does happen, uh, I think Australia will win that series purely because it's, it's, it'll be, it's just, it's just got too much riding on it. And I think it'll be very difficult for any team, because if you think about it, all these guys would have already been in a bubble for two months and then to break that bubble and yeah, travel yeah. all the way from the UAE because they'll come directly from the UAE here. They won't go back to India. Right, right, They're not going to right, see, their, right. see their own bed for the next four or five months. And Absolutely. even if I'm not saying they won't win any game, even if they win a test match to have that, to keep that for four months, uh, so for four test matches, especially in like, you know, in today's scenario, it's going to be very, very difficult for them. Like, yeah. So I think Australia has the edge. And like one last question. So before we end, like, do you want to share a bit about your podcast that you started? Yes, of course. Like, so with Anand Vasu. Uh, there might not be, there might be other podcasts coming up as well. Just putting it out there with other people. Oh, lovely. Uh, lovely. Maybe, uh, this is where you heard it first. <laughs> yeah, this is where they heard it first with a very senior Australian. <laughs> Not a cricketer, but I won't give. <laughs> there might be a pro wrestling podcast as well. I might be. I oh, have wow, 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 wow! <laughs> Which will be a very that Indian, Indian pro wrestling, like yeah. So uh, uh, it is with another. I can't take his name because I think he might get into trouble. But he's also a cricket writer who I know really, really well. So it's just about two boys growing up in Bombay in the early nineties and discovering wrestling. So it's all about before the Attitude Era. So it's all the Ric Flair. And that period. So that's the whole thing. But yeah, with the one with Anand Vasu, well, of course, we go back a long way. We've known each other for a long time. I, in fact, met Anand Vasu for the first time before I became a journalist. Like he was with my cousin, and I remember meeting him, like, yeah, with my extremely long hair. And he later, in later years, he would say that I never ever thought we would be colleagues. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but anyway, so that's how we met for the first time. And then like we covered a lot of cricket over the years and it so happened that he's also very good friends with my wife. Uh, he was stuck with me for four and a half months like, or he was stuck with him. You can look at it whichever way you want. And we just thought like, uh, because he couldn't go back home, like he was stuck with the pandemic. So we just thought like, well, we have spent a lot of time with each other covering cricket and all that. We'll just like pick 20 venues, 20 matches and just talk about it where it's not just not about the match, but also the place and the ground and everything. So. Yeah, it's called Pressbox 2020. And yeah, eight uh, episodes are out. We've just taken a little break. We've, uh, we'll have we be back in, I think, a week's time or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lovely. 
thank you so much bharat for your time and we hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did oh all i hope i just i know i digressed a lot i deflected a lot of your questions but i hope i got to the yeah. point eventually <laughs> so yeah dana thank thank you for having me on and like uh, yeah good luck you guys are doing well